When speaking to Rochelle Humes, who obviously is a TV presenter, she's a singer, and now recently a female founder, there's just something that struck me. Firstly, not only is she as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside, and I felt rather old when speaking to her, but the fact is, is that she just has grace I love that word, grace, but that sums up Rochelle. She has grace. She has three young kids. She has launched a business in lockdown. She's trying to be a great mum, a great entrepreneur, and has a sort of now side hustle of a TV career. And it's just been one of those moments where you just think, gosh, I've got so much still to do. And she's put a real fire in my belly. So I think anyone who believes the juggle is real, you're going to love this. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. I'm Holly Tucker and welcome to Conversations of Inspiration. Back in 2006, I founded Not On The High Street for my kitchen table. And since then, I've gone on to launch Holly & Co. I'm the UK ambassador of Creative Small Businesses. And I believe that having a business doing what you love is the key to a happy, fulfilled life. My dream is to help everybody start theirs. I'm here to offer advice, inspiration, wisdom and encouragement. And in my view, the best way to do this is by sharing stories. So I've reached out to my favourite small businesses, entrepreneurs and those who simply inspire me and ask them to share theirs. With thanks to Dell Technologies, who've helped bring this free podcast to life. Here are my conversations of inspiration. Welcome to Conversations of Inspiration, Rochelle. It's so lovely to see you. We've just gone through a few tech issues, haven't we? And uh, that just sets up our morning really well. Honestly, whatever I do, it always comes with tech issues because I am a technophobe. So as much as I want to be an independent woman, and I feel like I am throughout all other aspects of my life, when it comes to tech, I'm like, Marv! Quickly, come in here. I need you to help me. Well, he's just saved our our bacon, hasn't he? He has. It's so nice to see you and I'm looking forward to speaking to you. What I just can't get over is that with everything that you've done, you're still so young, which means that you've got so much life ahead of you, which then begs to believe what you're actually going to do. But it's (laughs) unbelievable when I've been researching you, what you've packed in to not that many years. So I'm really excited to hear about what your future plans are. And I know we're going to get to your new launch. I'm not going to story steal what it is, but it sounds like It's been pretty intense lately. You've been uniquely blessed with a new life into your life Mm -hmm. and you've been dealing with homeschooling and you've been dealing with setting up a business. But my co-founder just had twins in lockdown. Oh, wow. So I'm hearing quite close to me how tough it's been. Tell me about this period of time for you. I think obviously now, like everything, it's it's definitely starting to ease and we're all feeling a little bit like, ah. But I think it was just very different you know it was a really different way to you know it's my third pregnancy my third baby so it's a really different way to be pregnant I think partly there were some perks I have to say because my life typically is so fast paced me and my husband and that's how we've always been so part of it I actually quite liked that the world had to be still. Yes. And although it was for like really rubbish reasons and obviously you know without stating the obvious and how horrific it's been for 
you know, everybody's lost somebody, right? Unfortunately, due to this situation. So it's been awful. It's not been very nice, of course. But taking the positives out of a bad situation, Mm. like having to stop, you know, particularly when you're self-employed, you're like, I must keep going. And you just, that's the sort of rhythm that you're used to. When the world stops and it's okay to stop, I actually sort of found a bit of peace in that, you know? So I think for the first time being pregnant and not having to sort of be on telly and run to the dressing room and throw up and, you know, really sort of still immerse myself into that busy lifestyle but be pregnant and to just go, well, we're all plotted on the sofa because Boris says we have to. (laughs) Part of that was lovely. So, yeah, it was quite nice just being in my home with my family and, you know, me and Marvin. Marvin works evenings and he didn't have to work. Well, he worked from home, which didn't take him long to tape his radio show from home. So it meant that we actually were one of the couples that could talk about which box sets we've watched together because that never normally happens. And yeah, I think just sort of being a little unit was actually nice. So they're my positives. But yeah, homeschool I found intense like everybody did. You know, our teachers, I mean, I appreciated them before, but goodness me, do you look at them differently after lockdown? I think we all had to just learn to become a teacher overnight and that wasn't our job. You know, that was kind of testing. I think I was suffering quite badly of morning sickness. So I had a layer that we had to get through the homeschool. I was feeling sick. And then Valley was just running around wanting to be in and out of a paddling pool and driving Alaya crazy. And Alaya saying, it's not fair. I want to play outside. She gets to and I don't. And But yeah, it was it was a real headache. And it was funny because when it when we got to the weekends, I was really happy that it was the weekend. When normally I'm like, oh, you know, we've got the kids at home for the weekend. Don't worry, school's on Monday. But I'd actually be looking forward to the fact it was Friday and that we didn't have to do it for a couple of days, you know. Someone on this podcast said it wasn't homeschooling. It should have been called emergency schooling because there's sort of notion that we were like, oh, let's just teach from home. You know, this is something that we really bought into. And you're like, no, actually, I really bought into them going, leaving the premises and actually leaving to go to school. You're so right. I really agree that I think for a lot of people listening here, that's the point. They're self-employed. So there was never a moment probably in their careers that they've ever just sort of stopped. I was relating it to some other founders, the same thing, which is just that I felt exactly that, that never in my life had I actually taken a breath. Yeah. So much so as this point, gone for a walk, concentrated on what I was eating. Yeah. All these sorts of things, because normally you're the last thing on the to-do list. Always. Whereas in a way, this period of time just slightly meant maybe that we shifted up and you're right until homeschooling. Yeah. Then that sort of got rid of that. Yeah, it did. It completely did. But then when I look back, I think now I just take everything in my stride. Like I don't even mm. think about a summer break, for example, my kids get like eight weeks or something crazy. And normally I'm like, goodness me, I've got eight weeks. I'm going to have to work the kids at home. I'm going to feel guilty because I've not been to Legoland every day or I've not <laughs> planned epic trips for them. But now I'm sort of like, that wouldn't phase me at all. It wouldn't phase me. I wouldn't even think of it because we'd just figure it all out and you know, if I say, you know, I need to work from home on these days now, it's not really a thing. I think everyone's so accepting to that, which has, in a way, been a real positive. 
as everything's opening up, and I don't know if you're feeling the same, it just slightly feels that the old life is creeping back in. Do you hope that there's going to be this blended world where Marv can do the radio show from home, which might mean that you might have a evening. Oh, I'd love that. I really hope it doesn't just sort of tip straight back into yeah. everything is live. You have to be there in person for everything. Yeah, I do think, I mean, look, I'd never heard of Zoom before lockdown, had you? Like, I'd never no. heard of Zoom. I didn't know Zoom existed. And I think for me personally, there's literally every day, and it's like still like that, let's not get it twisted, but every day was a real complete juggle, you know? And I think I would be, you know, maybe on TV in the morning, then running to the other side of town for a meeting and then trying to make the school run again and then get everyone ready for dinner. And then it's just a whole whirlwind. Whereas now I think... It is great to meet people in the flesh, but for things that don't always have to be that way, I could do my TV in the morning, go home, jump on a Zoom. Yes. So in a way, I'm sort of hoping that what we've all taken from this time, or we just were forced into this and everybody's had to get on with it, that, you know, we can really sort of take our own balance from that and think, do you Mm. know what? I'm not going to work like I did before because I've actually Mm. really, yes, homeschool was rubbish. And yes, there's been times that are really testing and I've been thinking, what are we going to cook? You know, all I I find myself saying is what are we having for dinner three times a day? I'm just bored, bored of the same things. But what I am going to take from it is, you know what? It's really nice to have a family around the table for X amount of nights a week. Mm. And, you know, I actually do like not missing a milestone of my children's life. And mm-hmm. I do. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that we are all going to take from it. And it takes me on actually, because this year obviously has been unbelievable. Uh, the whole world has changed. Uh, economies, education, uh, it's taken a toll on our mental health, our wardrobes, mm. you know, everything yeah. is elastic around the waist, <laughs> even our language. And of course, the rise of BLM movement, yeah. which is something I know that you've spoken candidly about. Mm. Do you think it's a conversation which needed to happen? Goodness me, it's a conversation that needs to keep happening. You know, that's the one thing that would always worry me is that it was a period of time also that we had those conversations and we were, you know, people were educating themselves and, you know, being vocal and not feeling that it was a an awkward conversation to have because it's just simply not. It's only as awkward as you make it. And what I hope doesn't happen is it's kind of, it's capped and that was the moment over lockdown where it's a movement. It's not a moment. It's something that needs to continue to happen and conversations that need to continue to go on. When you were growing up, you know, things were different. And I read that you, you know, there were times where you would scrub your own skin as a young girl. Mm. You have like young children now. Do you think that if this is a movement and that we do keep talking about it, are you hopeful that things will change for your little ones, the next generation? I really am. I'm really hopeful. And I think that particularly around that time, and I do still think now, like, that conversation had the world's attention, you know, and we just need to keep up that momentum. And I'm I'm really hopeful for that. I think certainly now, even before that conversation, we're living in a different time to when I was at school and then, you know, my family before me and before me and so on. But there's still a long way to go. Sadly, there's always going to be unconscious biases. But I think I do really feel hopeful. I do. I feel I have that in me where I, I feel 
it's quite exciting for my children. Also exciting, I suppose, because you've also mentioned that, you know, you've had friends where it's been un- not uncomfortable, but awkward. No one mm. wants to say the wrong thing. Everyone's yeah. trying to do the right thing. But potentially, mm. you know, you read social media, don't you? And there's one view one way, another view, what should be the name of the movement? Yeah, All these sorts of things. And you can find yourself tongue twisted. Yeah. One of my personal opinions of this whole this whole moment is that we need to help people talk more, educate themselves more. Yeah. And that means that you've got to speak. What's been your experience during this period of time if you've had those types of conversations and making people feel it's okay that we talk about this? And that's the difference in making it a movement and not a moment, right? It's if we keep talking and we are and enabling that conversation, there's a lot of different ways to educate yourself mm-hmm. before you go there. You know, yes. I'm I'm that person that I'm always open to. If my friends are like, "Rosh, like, oh my goodness, I've made, I've perhaps said this before, and I'm now mortified because I didn't realise." And you know, that's coming from the right place, and I'm and I'm open to that. But that's a very individual situation, right? So I kind of think. It starts with you and it starts with your household and your team and how you educate your little gang. And I think that's what you have to, as an individual, feel responsible for. And then, yes, if if you feel you can educate others, that's also that's also helpful. But I think everyone's got responsibility with them and the generation that they're raising. And I think that's what's really important. And that's where the change will happen. I like that because that feels something you can manage and control. Yeah. You know, your own sort of bubble, yeah. right? So that's what you're responsible yeah. for. And if everyone was responsible for their own bubbles in a good way, mm-hmm. yes. then that's, a, as you said, that's the movement, yeah. isn't it? That is that change Absolutely that we see. That. And you used your voice phenomenally in amplifying the voices of women in a documentary, The Black Maternity Scandal, that you presented. Mm-hmm. And I actually couldn't believe it what I was watching Mm. I was just silenced in a way because it's absolutely shocking the fact that black women are four times more likely than white women to die during pregnancy and childbirth Mm -hmm. I've heard you say that the filming nearly broke you I mean I can imagine why after watching it yeah I mean it's just what you would think would be the unthinkable but it's not it's reality they're not figures that we doctored up for a a punchier headline or for a, a for a meatier title unfortunately they are government stats quite frankly just heartbreaking you know there has to be change and we're fighting for it and lots of positive has come from that show actually conversations and I guess ears that are now listening mm-hmm. women have been fighting for a very very long time but I think what happened is last year the figure reached uh, five times more likely. For those who didn't see it, which they should, but for those who didn't, what is the main reason? Well, unfortunately, I think a lot of it does come down to race and to unconscious bias. There's no genetic problem. There's no... The, the reasons that I was being given were like, you know, cultural differences or, you know, things were being brought up about weight or illness. And I'm like, well, mm. you know, if somebody's obese, that would affect a white woman as equally as it would affect a... It's, it's really deep-rooted. It's really nuanced. There's lots of layers to it. But I think, unfortunately, as the documentary solely revealed, you're faring worse the darker your skin is, right? So if you are black, you are four times more as likely. A mixed-race woman were three times. And if you were Asian, you were twice as likely. 
So it's kind of, that's the stark and real fact of it, really. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. As you said, the things that you think are unimaginable, the fact that you revealed that they are true. And it's just brilliant that you brought that awareness and, and that also those women told their stories and that it's it's now on mainstream media. Do you know what I mean? And actually, yeah. again, that conversation, you can't now unknow it. Yeah. It's there. But as you said, that's also got to be part of this movement. Yes. Right? It's, it's oh, got, absolutely. We've got to keep got to keep talking about absolutely it. Yeah. I just want to go back to your childhood actually because you were born in London and you attended a regular school as well yep. as performing arts school mm. I'm looking at the most fresh face I feel so old at this point in time but anyway just, we're just going to keep going Rochelle Stop. we're going to keep I have, going my I have a hair treatment in my hair I've got a hair mask under these headphones you can wear a hair mask and no. look like that this oh is my good gosh. Um, no, no, but where does your strong work ethic come from so the performing arts school that I went to was like a weekend thing. So I would go all day on a Sunday. So my mum would drop me at like nine and pick me up at like four. I loved it. I absolutely adored it. But I think my strong work ethic, probably from my mum, like she raised me alone and worked every job under the sun and taught me that, you know, you have to work for it. And also taught me something that I think is invaluable is that why not you? Because it has to be somebody. So that's always been my mum's sort of, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get, come on, let's go, why not? That is just my mum through and through. And I think that's really what I took on from her. And what I try and sort of instill on my kids is that it has to be somebody, why not you? That's brilliant. And it is, it's so true. And I had to sort of double check this when I was, as I said, reading up about you. Were you 12 when you joined S Club Juniors? Yeah. Because you loved Sundays, right? So you loved your performing arts on a Sunday. Did this just feel like one massive extension of that? Yeah, I actually remember it. So we, I remember um, I used to always watch CBBC Kids Telly when I was younger and there was an advert that came on and it said that S Club 7 were looking for a young singer to support them at Wembley. And I was like, Mum, please let me go. Please take me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I can't believe you remember that. I know. So I remember seeing it and begging my mum to take me. And I think it was at Wembley. It was at Wembley Arena. And my mum took me and it was like, like the old school days of those auditions, like pop, it was like the pop idol era. And people were queuing like round the block, crazy sort of audition. And we got there and I remember I was like staying there longer and then I kept getting called back and called back and I was like, like I was finding it so exciting. Then I remember getting to the last bit and I think there was nine of us at this point. I remember they said to us, okay, we've loved you all. And and I'm still at this point thinking that I'm just supporting them at Wembley at one show and we're singing and it might just be a few of us that get to do it. And um, they said, we've loved you all. And we've decided, Simon Fuller came out S Club 7 were all sat there and I was just so starstruck that they were there. And Simon Fuller come out and said, we actually loved you all so much that we want to make you a group and we want to put together S Club Juniors. And you're, and I just remember him saying, you're going to have the same stylist as S Club 7 <gasps> and you're going to have the same team and you're going to do this and you're going to... And I was like, oh. And I just remember my mum, I just remember like sitting on my mum's lap because they were all with, and, you know, they were telling us all and the parents. And I just remember saying, because he was like, obviously, if it's okay with your parents, this is what we're thinking. And I remember saying to my mum, if you don't let me do this, I'm never going to talk to you again. 
<laughs> um, and then that was that. Yeah, and it was crazy. I mean, and this band was a huge success because it not only had singles, but you had a TV series yeah. um, and you just had this huge following. You must have had to grow up quite fast because there's yeah. one thing going through the auditions, you're being picked like a fairy godmother has just with her one just picked you. Yeah. This is all amazing. How did you stay grounded? I think my family, I think... We were doing this and, you know, we were doing everything. We did an arena tour. We did. And I remember like us performing at Wembley and then being like, oh, so what are we going to do now? My mum was like, you're going home to tidy your room because, you know, you left it in a state before you left for today. You know, so I always sort of was aware that I was still a child. Yes. I was grown up and I was doing those things. But we sort of, you know, shot to success in that period of time where it was a real gentle mm-hmm. time to sort of be thrown into the spotlight I think now with social we did there was no Instagram Twitter face it wasn't yes, it wasn't right. it wasn't that world people were probably saying mean things about us but you didn't really know you couldn't hear it no so it was really sort of innocent and fun and do you think also the industry almost hadn't I want to say like oiled that wheel so much you know it was right at the beginning wasn't it of talent shows and things like that yeah it was and we I we just wanted to, I just wanted to be a pop star, you know? I just kind of, it was those days when you'd go to Woolworths for a signing and you'd release a single in HMV and it would be cues around that, you know, that it was just so fun and just a completely different period of time to then flip side being in the Saturdays and doing it again at a different sort of period in my life. So Because, I mean, actually, when you look back, do you realise that you were a young entrepreneur? Mm. I was, I really believe in trying to teach our young about entrepreneurship because I think in the future everything is going to need that part of your brain you know you're going to always need to be a self-starter there aren't these jobs now that you're going to have for 20 years and all these and you know this is what Mm. you you have a household brought up on this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I look at your story I think actually the fact you wanted to go into the audition you worked so hard you got through you then you evolved didn't you you went to the Saturdays and obviously evolved again Mm. you know you did it again what do you think about this for young listeners about this power of being young but you slightly knew what you wanted to do yeah I think it's like I still now like I have such a hunger in my belly and I don't know if that's it's been something that's in me since I was a kid like I'm so hungry for it and I'm not I'm not afraid of hard work I'm not scared to graft it's something that that I'm really passionate about. And I think that's always been me and it, and it continues to be. I kind of really want my kids to know that I think we live in a different world where they think that things happen overnight. Mm. I see it with like my nieces and, you know, my younger sisters. And I think they think, you know, oh, well, it's all right for you. You've got this nice house yes. and you've got this and you just landed on a plate. Yeah. Oh, oh what, did someone just, hit, you know, give me it on a spoon <laughs> and here it came? That's not that's not the reality. You're seeing the end product or like, for me, I don't feel like it's the end product because I'm still always, you know, going. Yeah. But you, you're, you're seeing that, you know. Some of the fruits of your labour you can the see fruits now. Of the, yeah, yeah, of course. But, but you've worked so damn hard to get there. Yeah, I'm 32 and I've been doing this since I was 12. So this is what I'm, this is always my point. So I'm kind of like, I want them to, and I, I think, listen, it's partly because of the world we live in, you know, lots of people 
have been fortunate to open an Instagram account and it gets traction and then that's then their full-time job or they're a TikTok star overnight. So I get it. I do understand that for some people, but you know, I still say, yeah, but those Instagram influencers don't think they just randomly post when they want. That is also their full-time job and they also really graft at that. So I think we're just in that world where it is, you can go on a TV show and then the next minute you're a superstar overnight and you that is how it is. But for longevity and for the things that people actually want in life, you have to work because there's always going to be somebody that's not quite as good as you, but they will work 20 times as hard. I know who I'm going to employ. It's about hard work. How has it been being in the public eye from the age of 12 into your adult life? Do you know what? I don't really think of it like that, but when you put it like that, that's exactly sort of how it's been. I think I really try and stay out of the industry stuff. I go to the odd event. I'm on Instagram, but I don't, you know, it's not like all my friends aren't celebrities or, you know, I kind of, yes, I've got some great friends in the industry and there are some good eggs. You know, not everybody is, but there are some good eggs. But I'm very much like, I want to do well and I want this, but I also want to go home and like enjoy it all with my friends and family. Mm. So yeah, I kind of, I'm not very industry, if that makes any sense. I'm kind of, yeah, I shut the door and I'm at home. We're working with our partners at Dell Technologies to empower small businesses across the UK with the tools and knowledge they need to thrive. Every week, we bring you the Small Business Pharmacy Live to help you navigate your business journey, covering a huge range of topics. Here I am talking to the founders of They Made This and the unique magic that happens when you bring your brand to life in a pop-up space. You know, the time to be open has changed and and stuff like that. So the longer you are somewhere, you get known for a place, obviously, so it has its benefits. But then, you know, the benefits of having pop-ups for like a weekend, which we also do, you are, you know, you just have this massive exposure to a new audience or a new audience exposure to you. And, you know, you have a complete different type of experience through that. You meet artists. I mean, what I love about it the most is you're always meeting new people all the time and meeting new people brings collaboration. For the latest lessons, advice and insights, join me every Wednesday at midday live on my Instagram. You can also visit holly.co slash hub for my business advice hub, a free online resource thanks to Dell Technologies filled with content from myself and some of our small business community, sharing lessons from our journeys to help you navigate yours. And with a continued commitment to empower you, every week Dell are giving away one tech in a box. For a chance to win a brand new XPS laptop and a whole host of other goodies, head to holly.co slash get involved with thanks to Dell Technologies. Now let's get back to our conversation of inspiration. In 2014, the band decided to go on a hiatus. At this point, you were 25. Mm -hmm. You'd met your husband. You'd had your first child. You were already working in the world of television, radio, presenting for This Morning, taking part on Strictly Come Dancing, Mm -hmm. uh, Children in Need, and not to mention launching fashion and makeup ranges. This is when I just can't get over, (laughs) you know, at 25. So super busy lady. How have you managed to juggle your entrepreneurial spirit with being a mum? I think you have to give yourself a break sometimes. That's a phrase that's always easier said than done, right? 
I think, yes, I've always been a grafter. I've always known what I want. But I think my real sort of entrepreneurial spirit really kicked in when I had kids. Because I think for me, I thought, I've been working in this industry since I was 12. I've always sort of, I've had a manager and I've known what I wanted to do, but sort of gone along with and someone could say to me, oh, do you know what? You know, not really wanted to do something. And, but me thinking, okay, for the greater good and someone saying to me, oh, but you should do that because if you do that, they'll probably consider you for this. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to, but okay, fine. But, you know, always sort of Mm -hmm. going with somebody else's opinion on my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it got to like, just before I turned 30, so not that long ago. Well, you know, I've known what I've, you know, I've probably been a bit tougher before then. But I think like about four or five years ago, I'd say, a light bulb went off and I thought, do you know what? I'm now somebody's mum. Yeah. So if this isn't the time where I sort of go, no, I'm not doing it. Sorry. I need to act like the big woman that I now am. You can sort of get trapped in this sort of mindset that like, you know, worrying if I say no to something that they're going to think badly of me and I might not then be considered for the next thing or... And I'm like, that needs to leave me in my past because I'm now a woman. And you know what? If they don't want me, I like to think I've worked hard enough. They've come to me for a reason. If they don't want me, I'm sure that's because they actually do want someone else. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to be, you know, and I think like going a bit easy on myself and then thinking, you know, this is stopping now and I'm doing stuff for me and for my family and I'm going to set up my own business it's all going to be mine and I'm going to be ballsy and I'm going to take meetings on my own. I don't need an agent to come with me because I know what I'm doing. And yes, it was scary. (laughs) But I just thought, do you know what? Put your big girl pants on. You're a mum. That's the hardest Mm. job you've got of all. So just say it with your chest and own your own space. And I think now I just feel so comfortable in myself to say, oh no, that actually doesn't work for me. And knowing it's not a bad thing, it just simply isn't for me. And do you think, what advice would you give those? Because there's a lot of women listening who run their own businesses. And I think that you touch on something that we all feel, which is this need to please, Mm. right? And then the need to say yes. Yeah. (laughs) And a need to just one more thing. I'll just do this one more thing. And then I'm going to take a break. And because I think I'm burning out a bit. Yeah. uh, And then you find yourself in that sort of snowball effect. Do you truly believe that you can say no to things and opportunities will still come to you? Wholeheartedly. Honestly, about five years ago, I would have said, oh, no. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking, how long can you do this for? You can't do that forever. So I kind of think I just didn't want to get to that place where I just wasn't being completely in control of my own destiny and completely in control of myself. And don't get me wrong, those first couple no's, oh, I thought about them. (laughs) They kept me up at night. (laughs) And then I'd be on Instagram and I've seen someone else do the thing that I said no to. And I'm like, oh, it was good, wasn't it? Should I have done it? But I'm like, no, because it wasn't good for me. Yes. You know, and I think it's just knowing that everything will fall into place because you I think you know that as a human deep down but I think it's trusting that and acting on that and sort of thinking to yourself do you know what this is my route Mm. and there are going to be things along the line that you go oh that would have actually been nice Mm. but that would have sort of obstructed 
the end game. I get peace and I'm going to probably do it today, actually. It's really bizarre. We talk about it. Like sometimes you need to just lay down a new path. Yes. You know, and actually you normally feel pretty shocking before you do it because that's the whole reason why you need something new. We need to create a new way of working through this. It's almost like that commitment to doing it, a bit like probably starting a diet or going running. Yeah. You know, it's that commitment. I am going to now behave in a new way. It's quite refreshing and exhilarating. Yeah. It's almost like a fresh start that you can always have a fresh start, can't you? Yeah. But it is very empowering, you know, for anyone feeling stuck in a rut. Yeah. Today is your day that you could literally just say, well, like you did, you went enough. Honestly, I don't know what happened, but I just thought... Because sometimes in your mind, you don't, you actually forget that you've grown up. I don't know if, if that happens to you too, but the world happen, goes on around you and you still think that like you're sort of 19 or something and you're actually not. And it just got to the point where I thought, hang on, I'm an adult now. I'm someone's mum. Yeah. Like I'm telling, you know, I'm raising her and I want her to feel ballsy enough to make up her own mind and not have to wait on someone else's opinion about yourself that's what's all very odd yeah and I I truly believe that you gain so much more respect from people by saying the no's yeah and it doesn't it's not this isn't a diva thing this isn't a it's just a respectful oh rush we really need you to come because we think you'd be great and we think if you do and it's like do you know what guys I'd love to help you and you know you know I would but it actually just doesn't work for me right now sorry about that because mm. I was one of those people that would sort of say and this isn't just in a work thing as well actually this is kind of like friends or I just overcommit myself when you know some someone'd message me and say oh can we we should do this next week and I'd be like yeah yeah we really should Thinking to myself, I don't want to do that, but I've said yes, but Mm. I would like to, but I haven't got time. I know I've got work that day. I'm just going to want to get home and chill. And then it gets to the day of and I'm thinking, oh God, how am I going to get out of this later on? And then you get all that anxiety because that's actually about mental health, isn't it? It's about that turmoil we've got going on. Social media ties so much into our mental health, both good and bad. And, you know, there's nothing like it. And we're going to about to talk about your new business Mm -hmm. for business right Mm -hmm. it's a free platform yeah unbelievable but you have 2.1 million followers how have you dealt with the negativity the not listening to the one percent of assholes what's been your strategy with that noise do you know what I just remove myself to be totally honest I just will have a day where I think you know if there was something brewing or something that had gone on which is few and far between, I have to say. I have a really, I do actually have a really nice relationship with social media and I, I feel like it's it's quite positive for me. I can see all of your posts are so positive and so many lovely people that follow you. Honestly, so many gorgeous people that follow me. So I do feel very, very privileged. But I do think, I read something actually, funny enough, on Instagram the other day um, that said something along the lines of, I can post my day on Instagram, but I still lead a private life and that's balance. Yes. And it really sort of resonated to me because that's exactly my take on it. Mm. I was saying this the other day to one of my friends. I was saying, you know, there's a lot of influencers that are like the real influencers that show like, which, you know, I think is brilliant space for people. And I think it's really, it's a really positive movement that not everything's filtered and, you know, it's raw and we're seeing cellulite and stretch marks and we're like, yes. And I love that. But in the same breath, 
that's also not me as a human. Mm-hmm. I don't feel ashamed of that in the sense of I don't really want to post a picture. And I think there was a period of time where I was almost feeling pressured as someone that's in the spotlight to be overly. Be more. Be more. like, And I'm like, that's actually sort of not for me because, you know, and I'm not like knocking anyone's hustle. I actually respect that. And I take my hat off to that because, mm. you know, when I see someone's Instagram and they show that there's sort of the hardest parts of their day, when something's going on and I'm trying to leave the house and I've got a kid, one kid screaming and one that don't want to get dressed and, you know, one's teething and, and I'm late for work already and I'm sweating and I'm trying to do my makeup in the car because I've actually not got time to see the makeup artist when I get there because I'm going to have to get straight on. I haven't got time to take a picture and talk about it on my story. I can't process how someone would have time to take a selfie (laughs) in the midst of the carnage and post it and tell everyone how terrible that period of time was. I take my hat off to it. I'm like, more power to you (laughs) because I'm just trying to get my way out of the fog, you know? Isn't it amazing? Because I think that's what probably the beauty of social media is that we, again, we were talking about paths earlier. We can all have our unique paths. Yeah. You know, like you said, you we can all be who we want to be. Some can be more open about some of the shitter times and yeah. some can be actually, I'm just going to take this picture here, but I'm going to talk to you on my, you know, what I write a little bit more. Yeah. Some can be very, very much just, this is my business account and I don't want any of my personal life on there. Yeah. Do you feel that actually that's how things are going to evolve for businesses that you know because we're going to talk now about your amazing I mean you have been busy haven't you in lockdown you've written a cookbook which was just released a few days ago called at mama's table yeah it's full of family recipes perfect for the juggling a busy career and a young family so huge congratulations on that by the way and also you you founded your new business my little coco which it is also during the pandemic and it's mm-hmm. a range of skin and hair care products for the whole family. Mm-hmm. It was the fastest selling skincare brand in Boots at launch. That's not a bad I little know. snippet, is it, to write I on anything know. now? Tell me about the business and then I want to touch back on social media and how that's played a part in your company. But just tell me about your business and what plans you've got for it. So well, I've, I've been working on this business since I was pregnant with Valentina, who is now four. And I, it's, you know, took, I'm so particular and I wanted, you know, this is mine. This isn't, I've had licensing deals before and I've had, this is, this is my baby. And I, it's not about to be launched unless I feel like it's as it should be. Right. So it took me three years in testing and to get everything where it should be. I went and met with lots of different retailers because I wasn't sure first of all if I was going to go for where I was just going to sell it on our own e-commerce or how I was going to work it. And I thought, do you know what? No, it'd be great to put it into a retailer that I love. And I met with a few. Boots was always number one on my list, being the nature of what Boots is, right? Like just the best retailer for cosmetics. So yeah, I'd met with a lot and, you know, lots of different meetings. I felt like I was on Dragon's Den. (laughs) (laughs) I have a sort of a part of the range is that it's got products suitable for curly hair. And I remember being sat, you know, across the table meeting different people. I won't name the name of those retailers. (laughs) And they were like, we just don't think people will get the curly hair thing. Like, you know, we're not sure there's really a need for it. And I was like, sorry, wait, what? And, you know, I just read and stand it. They were like, we want to take the range, but can we take it, but just lose the curly part? And at the time I was like, 
you know, I remember going home to Marv and being like, what do I do? Because this is a good opportunity and for the brand, but you know, it's sort of going against everything I believe. I really believe there's not the care that there should be on the high street. It was that thing again, where I put my big girl pants on and I was like, no, it's just not going to work for me. And that could have really been cutting my nose off to spite my face and, you know, saying no to a big retailer. Yeah. And then I got a meeting with Boots, which I was like chuffed about. Instantly they got it. They're like, no, we want to take it all. And like it was, I didn't have to explain anything. They saw my How vision. Brilliant. They trusted that I knew my audience. And then we all, we were gearing up to launch. We did this amazing launch party and it just hit the shops you know, amazing feedback was like the quickest selling product line out of boots. And then the pandemic happened (laughs) about two weeks after that. So we literally launched like a few weeks before the global pandemic, which wasn't ideal to start up a new business. And that's where I was, I was stressed. I'm not going to lie. I was stressed. Yeah. I've got staff, I've got, you know. Yeah. So that was a really sort of not a great time. How have you got through it? Well, do you know what? I really believe if I hadn't have partnered with Boots, I don't know if I would be having this conversation about it, to be honest with you. Because Mm. luckily Boots were one of the only retailers that stayed open because they're pharmacies, right? So people were still buying our products. Yes. Mm. Yes. So it was just like someone was watching over me. Watching out for you. Yeah. And thankfully, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that because as I said, it was a new business, you know, I'd spent a fortune on making sure it was right and we didn't want to be sitting on a load of stock. Yeah. There's a period of time <laughs> where I was stressed, but as I said, it, it's just flown and just gone from strength to strength and I'm just so thankful. Would you say that has been your biggest challenge? Yeah, because it was a really odd year and the, the year that we'd, you know, like any business owner, you have your business plan and you know what you're going to do for the next, you know, couple of years and how that all pans out. It was like starting again. As I said, I'm lucky. I've, I do feel blessed that, you know, I started a business and yes, I'm lucky with the Instagram following that I have. And also that we partnered with a big retailer. So that was because I honestly don't think like a lot of these small mm-hmm. businesses that have found it really hard, I don't think we would be talking about it in the same way hadn't I'd not have had that support. And have you found that social media has been that tool that you could keep your brand almost alive during yeah. this period of time? Yeah, and I think everybody's felt that. I think what's been great is we've been really open to small businesses yes, more than ever before, um, which is incredible. I think... The social media is there. It's instant. It's kind of, you know, if you create what content you want to go on it, it's there and people are going to know about it in that moment, which I think has helped everybody over the pandemic. And it's made us all become creative in ways that we probably didn't think of before. Yeah, we've definitely learnt, well, things like Zoom. Yeah. I say that in jest, like everything that we have learnt in lockdown is almost like five years of learning, isn't it? Yeah. All crammed into in one. What would you say your aspirations are with your brand now? You almost are like catching up with yourself. Yeah. But what when you look into the future, because as I said, you're so young to have achieved what you've achieved and it feels like you've got a new path starting here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It really feels that there's yeah. all these doors potentially that could open up to you. What's your vision I think I just um, I just want it to grow and grow in the best way. And I think we've got for the next year, we've got a lot happening that will just change it 
again, lots of different avenues for the brand, which is just incredible. And I think what's great is within Boots, it's competing with the big players, the Johnsons and the, yes, you know, and which is just incredible to me because we are a small business. We're a small business of women. I'm just so proud of it. And I think I just want to build it up over the next couple of years to be as big as it can be and then see what happens. But yeah, it's my baby. It's my, it's my full-time job. It's my passion. It's your fourth baby. Yeah, exactly. Every week, Royal Mail helps small businesses deliver across the UK. With a staggering 74% of online shoppers more likely to use a retailer if they use them, Royal Mail helps small businesses thrive. As a central and crucial pillar within the small business community, Royal Mail continue to be dedicated to supporting our UK small business community. And therefore, I'm thrilled that they're giving away their ad break space to a small business founder every week, providing them an opportunity to showcase their business to tens of thousands of listeners right here on this very podcast. If you'd like to take Royal Mail up on their generosity, head over to holly.co for more information. So let's hand over to this week's Royal Mail Independent Ad Break winner. Hiya, I'm Rosie and I've got three things that I wanted to share with you that will hopefully put a smile on your face. The first thing is that, did you know that dolphins make and use names for each other? Secondly, groups of rabbits are actually called a fluffle. And the third thing is that I wanted to introduce you to my jewellery brand, Mood Good. Mood Good pieces are designed by me and made in small local workshops around London. The sterling silver or 18k gold vermel pieces have symbols of happiness and hidden positive messages like always growing and pinky promise. Made to be worn every day and forever, Mood Good jewellery is the perfect, happiest little treat for yourself or for someone else. So why don't you come over and follow my journey at Mood Good jewellery or you can see the whole collection and find out more at moodgood.co.uk. To find out more about how Royal Mail can help you, head to royalmail.com slash business hub to visit their dedicated hub for small businesses. Now, let's get back to our conversation of inspiration. You radiate, um, I don't know, you radiate kindness and there's something so lovely about you. And I really, really hope you get to amplify voices and you get to show us change and you make the next generation proud because, you know, it is going to be entrepreneurs like yourself that do take that stance, do say no to things, do push forward that are really going to change the landscape. Um, it's just been fantastic to talk to you today. Thank you um, so, so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And I hope we can do it in the flesh next time. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Only when we want to do it in the flesh, huh? Yes. Exactly Yes, that. you know, exactly remember? That. Yes. Um, well, listen, I end all my interviews with the analogy that running your own small business, which is your full-time job now, mm-hmm. is like being on an epic roller coaster. Oh, yeah. What would you say has been one of your biggest lows during this Oh, it's a very good question. I think one of my biggest lows, which is actually a high, obviously, at the same time, was I think, if we're talking about my career, not my business, Mm -hmm. being in the group and 
finding out I was pregnant because it was such a high for me. Yes. But I felt guilty for everybody else. I can imagine. It was a low because I wasn't feeling how I should be feeling and how I wanted to feel because I felt almost guilty like I was going in and saying I had a hangover and I couldn't, you know, it was like a, it was a really odd scenario. Yeah, so I kind of, I feel like that period of time was, for me mentally, was one of my biggest lows because it was just a really odd mix of emotions Mm. that I just wanted to be straightforward and it really wasn't. Mm, I can imagine. And conversely, your greatest high? My greatest high, obviously my kids. I mean, apart from that, because I know that's cliche, in terms of my career, I would say launching my own business and and it just feels like a real milestone and a real sort of moment of clarity for me not thinking I need to partner with a big dog and not feeling that I need to only good enough to be a face of like I can do this myself I know I can and when we released our bump sheet masks over the first to UK market and selling one a minute like I just I you know I couldn't ask for more so I think that for me was just a wow, I actually did this. This wasn't anybody else. It was me. And I think just almost acknowledging that and not going, oh, thank you so much to my agent that helped me or, you know, not passing it all on to other people. You were allowed to maybe just take a bow yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I I just really felt that. And yeah, that still just makes me just so elated. I can't tell you. Oh, I'm so excited for you, Rochelle. I think Thank you've got you. so... I hope you take the brand all the way. Thank you so it's, much. Yeah, I really think you're onto something and it's it's so exciting to see. It's been a pleasure and you've only had one little kid look in. So we, we've done pretty we've well. We've done really well. Or, right? or I should say that Marvin's done well of keeping, <laughs> keeping them away. <laughs> oh, it's got nothing to do with him. It's just your yeah. influence on your your children. We, we end this podcast at work by I've asked you to write a letter to your younger self. Yes. And uh, I thank you in advance for what you're going to share with us. And it's a moment that we all love. And thank you again for all your time, Rochelle. Thank you. Right. Okay. This is what's really funny saying it to myself. Dear young Rochelle, <laughs> you have got this. There are going to be times where you feel out of your depth. There'll be moments of feeling like a complete imposter, but you'll always find your way. I know you haven't had your babies yet, but they are going to be your biggest inspiration for the next chapter of your life and your biggest professional passion being your business. I know right now that you want to be in music and that wonderful journey will lead you to meet the love of your life, soulmate and father of your children. From music to TV, books and business, you have no edges and there's nothing that you can't do. Don't let people's limiting beliefs stop you exploring your full potential. Beyond anything, family has always been a big motivation for you. And know that your mum will ride to the end of the earth for you, probably more than she wants to. (laughs) And one day you'll be able to pay her back in ways you've always dreamed of. Keep being you and know that hard graph always pays off even when the odds are stacked against you. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Love from Rochelle in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Feel the fear 
it and do it anyway. Yeah. That is what I'm going to be taking away from this podcast. It is so right. 29,000 days on this planet and you are living every single one of your days. I can totally tell. Uh, It's just been beautiful. And thank you for sharing that lovely letter. And thank you for your time again today. No, thank you. I've so enjoyed this chat. So thank you so much. Before you go, don't forget to head to holly.co to be in with a chance of winning a brand new Dell Technologies XPS laptop and a whole host of other goodies. And if you've enjoyed this episode, if it's helped you along your journey or inspired you, would you mind rating and reviewing? Your support means the world to me. It really does spread the word and will help inspire even more people to build a life they love. And if you want to hear all our latest news, you can sign up to my weekly newsletter, Holly's Desk Notes, over at holly.co.